Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, this week I'm joined by two special guests. Would you like to introduce yourself? I am Sophie. I am Alice. Um, and Sophie and Alice are going to be providing you with uh, nice interludes between the sections of the podcast. On with the podcast. Work hard and be resilient. So this week our focus is going to be on the urban topic and we're going to go right to the end of the topic checklist um, and an area that I imagine few of you have probably revised at this stage. Um, We're going to look at sustainable urban living and we're going to look at Freiburg. Now there are some key things, I'd say five key things that you need to know here. I'm just going to list those out. So number one, how can cities conserve water? How can cities conserve energy? How can cities recycle more of their waste? How can cities create more green space? And how can cities create um, urban transport strategies in order to reduce congestion? So congestion, lack of green space, lots of waste, waste of energy, waste of water, they are the problems that cities have. And if cities are going to get better in the future, then they need to be tackled. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Chocolate is the path to inner peace. Okay, so your first revision task, this is over to you now, is I want you to read page 186 to 189 of the Caboodle textbook. The textbook is really good for this, um, and so I want you to read those pages. I want you to find out some specific strategies that are being used in Freiburg and some specific things that they've done in Freiburg to conserve water, conserve energy, recycle waste and create green space. I would do it in a nice, beautiful, big, colourful mind map and do that now. When you have an itch, you must itch it. Okay, so the second part of this um, sustainable urban living section is about how urban transport strategies can reduce congestion. Before I start about Freiburg, I would say that if you're a bit weak on Freiburg and this thing comes up in the exam, I would definitely use your knowledge of Boris Bikes and Crossrail in London, which they're all part of an integrated um, transport strategy that are reducing congestion. So you can use that as well. But Freiburg are much more successful than, than London when it comes to reducing congestion. So we're going to talk about it. Um, it all starts with something called um, an ITP, an Integrated Traffic Plan. This is an uh, important document, a planning document the government produce, uh, the local council in Freiburg produce, um, and it's reviewed every 10 years. Um, and it basically lays out how they're going to tackle congestion problems and improve transport in the city. Um, fundamental to this is their use of trams and bikes. Uh, It's a really, really key part of their policy. They have made trams really efficient. They run on uh, electricity, which can be generated renewably and is therefore sustainable environmentally. They're cheap and accessible, so it's sustainable socially and economically for the local people. Um, And it's been very successful. Uh, A good transport strategy involves using public transport effectively. Um, they've done all that by basically introducing very low fares for the tram. 
there's really regular stops and it's got a really good large network of tram routes. So everybody's pretty much close to the tram. Uh, it's easy to get to. And they even offer free tickets when maybe you're going to a concert or, or a football match or something like that. So they've made it really, really accessible, really cheap. At the same time, they've really tried to discourage cars. A number of strategies, um, not just kind of from an educational um, sort of advertising point of view, discouraging people to use them, but also they're making it really expensive. Uh, things like car parking, for instance, is very, very high. And that's encouraging people financially to make the switch to public transport. So, uh, and I would say the final part is the bikes. Lots and lots of um, cycle paths that are free of pedestrians and free of cars, so it's safe for people. Lots of bike parks. Um, they're really, really well set up for trams and bikes, and they're not so well set up for cars. And that's therefore seen a change, a shift towards public transport within Freiburg. Now what I want you to do is I want you to read page 190 in the textbook and I want you to find three to four specific bits of data or facts about their transport plan and add that to your notes. A mega city is a city that is mega. <laughs> so Freiburg's plan, transport plan, isn't all a bed of roses. It's not wildly successful. Um... It's, it has been successful, but there are limitations to it, like anything. So uh, the textbook doesn't really pick out what these are, but I feel that there are three things that, that hold this strategy back slightly. Number one, it doesn't matter how amazing your public transport is, cars will always remain, to a certain extent, more convenient, and often more convenient for certain groups of people particularly those who may be slightly disabled or particularly for families. And I, I speak from experience here. Um, I would say from the bike's point of view, uh, poor weather is always going to deter the use of bikes and deter people from walking into work. Um, and Freiburg, like the UK, based on its latitude, is very prone to poor weather during the winter and that can obviously discourage use of public transport. Finally, the, the tram system is very cheap, it's very widely available, but as a result of that, it, it, it is that because it's cost them so much, they've had to invest so much in this tram system. So it's come at a huge cost, although Freiburg would argue that from a sustainable urban living point of view, that is worth the cost. I love to cuddle chickens. Ba, ba, ba. So the kind of questions you might get in the exam on this, on the, on the very first section of the um, content around conserving water, energy, recycling, waste and green space, I'd expect maybe a one, two, three or four mark question on that. Um, more likely for a six mark question maybe at the top end even a nine mark question would be something along the lines of evaluate the strategies used to manage traffic congestion in a city you've studied okay in fact they might not even include that last little section so i'll repeat that again repeat the strategies used to manage traffic congestion um, and 
I think central to your answer there would be your use of a case study, whether that's London, you feel more confident with London, or whether that's Freiburg. And because the command word is evaluate, you need to be showing that the strategies you're talking about have positive things and less positive things or limitations. Um, and some overarching sort of statement of, you know, ultimately the, the, the strategy does work or alternatively think the strategy is failing um, and you know again that is your opinion and it depends on how you argue it and there's no right or wrong answer okay so try out that question I would say that's maybe a six mark question uh, try that out um, and if anybody wants some feedback on it I'm happy to I'm happy to look at them hope you've enjoyed the podcast um, good luck next week in the exams uh, you will have every chance of success if you work hard over the next couple of days on the back of all the revision you've done so far. So well done and look forward to seeing you around school. Bye. Geography is the path to enlightenment. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. I love to cuddle chickens. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money in development and those countries that don't. 
Hi guys, uh, with assessment season just around the corner and assessment point two for year 11 on the horizon, I thought I'd do a new episode of the Jogbing podcast and, and follow that up with a few more before the exams. So this week we're going to have a look at a changing economic world and we're going to look at how we bridge the gap in development between those countries that have money and development and those countries that don't.